All right, what's up, y'all? It's Will here with Schedule Fly, and I have got two guys on the phone today. Uh, they're actually here in Charlotte, and I know these guys, and I have a lot of respect for them and like them uh, as people and as business operators. Uh, Sean Wilfong and Brandon Vibrock. They are uh, they own three different concepts: uh, Leroy Fox and Cowbell and Mortimer's. Uh, they have built a really good reputation here in town with their businesses and. Guys, I appreciate you all taking the time away from the kids and the whatever else is going on today to rap for a little bit. Yeah, listen, I think we could say we appreciate you taking the time to break up the monotony of our shelter in place. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for having us, Will. We, we definitely appreciate it. Well, it's interesting you said that because I'm actually doing like – two, three, four episodes a day. Uh, so I feel very lucky to be able to do that and talk to people, all, you know, restaurant owners all over the country. Cause I like doing that anyway. And now y'all all have more time on your hands. So it's easier to schedule. So, uh, you know, if, if you, if you look for silver linings in this stuff, that's one for me, but, um, what, what, what are y'all doing right now with your, your, you've got, was it three concepts, four locations? If I'm, if I'm not mistaken or any, is anything open right now doing takeout or delivery or anything? Yeah, yeah, we are we are all open. You know, all stores are open right now for, for curbside and pickup and delivery options uh, through Swipey, Postmates, Scrubhub, um, and, you know, and then just call-ins for pickup. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we're just basically building a new, we've been forced to build a new business model according to that and um, and what we've been relegated to. So, skeleton crews across the board um and uh you know hours have adjusted to the neighborhoods of what we think is best um you know and safest for everybody to work and and yeah and you know and it's about building new environments for everyone and um safe environments for for the staff and first and then of course the patrons you know this which which uh they lead by example you know, to do so. Um, so it's, it's really challenging and, and it's different, but you know, we're, we're all, we're kind of built to make new businesses and, and make do with what we got as best we can. So that's what we're doing. And patience is certainly virtuous right now. Patience is a virtue and you're right. You know, you guys are, uh, y'all and your peers. I mean, independent restaurant owners by default are, not just entrepreneurs, I mean full-on entrepreneurs uh, because of just all the m- many things you have to manage already in your business. And uh, it's good that you can be flexible. I mean, you don't have a choice right now, but, you know, y'all are perfectly suited to change on a dime and be agile. Uh, but yeah. what – okay, so and you're in different parts of town. You're in South End, you're in Cotswold, then you got a couple uptown. What, what do you – what's – who's doing the best? We talk about this all the time, so I don't think it's I don't think it's interesting. Uh, I think it is predictable if you would have thought about it more. But I didn't think about it until this happened, and then I learned from the data. So, Cotswold is our best store right now, and I think if you looked at the demographics surrounding that store, with the schools closed. The, the, the household formations are the highest in that neighborhood, and you've effectively put all those extra children back home. 
So you've really increased the amount of uh, your daytime demos for certain, right? You have the dad's home and the children home that would have otherwise been at the office downtown or wherever. So I think you had a massive increase in population around that store um, just due to the nature of the neighborhoods that surround it, and it is, in fact, the best store. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And you got everybody home, the kids are home, and you're, you got four, three, four, five people to feed three times a day. <laughs> it's a takeout sounded pretty good at that point, or delivery or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, we've seen a little bit of a rise in it. You know, in the beginning, of course, everybody, it was, it was just like, you know, a hurricane coming to town and everybody wiping out the grocery stores and, and filling up for Armageddon. And, you know, eventually, either going to run out or everybody's going to figure out that they're really not good cooks and um and you know and then the 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 family or whatever the collective arrangement is going to beg for something else so i I think that's that started to come back a little bit and then and and you know and gosh these days even even a trip to pick up food is leisurely and and you know it breaks the monotony as well yeah, I mean, and, and I would, you know, of course, Leroy Fox, I mean, you've got some good comfort food there, which people are really liking right now, I would bet. Get some fried chicken and mac and cheese and stuff like that. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I mean, I would love yeah, some. Yeah, we created some family meals, actually, you know, to, to, to go along with what's going on and make, make it easy for consumers to make a choice. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and fried chicken's definitely leading the charge there um, for the Leroy's. Um, but, yeah, you know, so, so it takes out the thought process and everybody else putting in their order. Um, you know, we have meals for four, four to six people, um, you know, that kind of take the, takes the, the thought and choice out of it. Well, I was going to ask you that. I mean, what what ha- what adjustments have you all made? I mean, obviously, you're not typically a you know a takeout and delivery type spot. I mean, I'm sure you have some some takeout, but that's not the core of the business by any means. Um, what adjustments have you all made, like family packs, or what else have you done to try to accommodate what people are looking for right now? It, you know, it's it's always on the it, it's fluid and and it's evolving with with you know with how we manage um, the, the flow of our customers and, and you know, and uh, inside the store, outside of the store, um, you know, we, we, we are guided somewhat by, by CDC standards and, and different things we hear in the industry. But, you know, we had to completely pivot. We added um, um, other uh, pickup app you know other delivery apps um you know we we normally just had postmates but we um added grubhub and um and swipey um which is a curbside app that's worked out pretty well for us and uh you know so you know we've we've had to adjust to those things and and try to cut deals with with those um providers you know because because they take a pretty good stake of your sales um and that's why we were with Postmates, Postmates originally. And of course, with the sales beleaguered and, you know, and Skeleton Crews, we're, we're, we're trying to, you know, build these new micro economies that we've been forced into as, as well that just kind of work and, you know, and help with our cash burn and, and, and keep us in a, in a good place and relevant for whatever is on the other side. Um, 
but you know to, to deal with the flow of people in and out and, and make sure that that's safe as well it's 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 challenging and and really daily evolving what did y'all uh well I, i'm sure i know the i mean did you apply for the uh, ppp loan yeah we were really on the front end of this thing and so the minute mecklenburg county got included in the SBA disaster loan territory and the PPP, uh, we filed for all stores. So SBA applications on the front end took us about six and a half hours in application to get them through. Hmm. And then the PPP was sort of a mess. But we did, in fact, get all four store PPPs approved. Who's your bank? Interestingly, um, our bank that we bank with is Bank of America. And uh, we found out that Bank of America put into place a, I guess, constraint that if you didn't have a credit card or weren't a borrower, that they weren't going to allow you to submit in the first round for the PPP money, um, which I fully understand now, but I didn't at the time. So we actually changed banking relationships over this. And South State Bank, who's an incredible lender, by the way, smaller bank, the people are exceptional, customer service is exceptional. Their bankers on Easter stayed up till 1230. Well, I guess that was Monday morning, but worked all Easter evening to get our applications in. I uh, got us approved before the thing ran out of money on the first tranche. So we are South State Bank uh, cheerleaders and can't. I can't thank them enough for what they did for us. Well, I'm asking everybody that question, and I'm very happy to highlight that. So, South State Bank, good job, because, um, you know, the community banks are really shining right now, and uh, good for them. I mean, that's this is what they build their business model on is, you know, being personable and not, you know, process-driven as much as relationship-driven. So, there you go. Good for them. I'm, I'm excited to hear that. I'm glad that you are able to do that. Have you gotten the funds yet? No, we have not, but I think um, we received loan documents that we signed, and I think uh, maybe this week or the beginning of the next week we should have our funding. What are you going to do with it? And I asked that question not sarcastically. I mean, like, you're not open yeah, except yeah. for delivery. you got to use 75% in the next two months on payroll. How does that, how does that calculus work? We talk about this a lot. I mean, Ben and I have just spent – I don't even know how many hours trying to understand the rules and they keep changing and it's very confusing between the programs. Um, so our, our biggest concern, and I mean, I think Brandon chime in if you disagree, but our biggest concern is getting our people back working at a rate that we were paying them before, which the PPP allows us to do. I think that there's some real concern on opening and timelines and volume and what does it even look like when we can get back open and do we have half of our chairs or less than that do do the customers even come back so we're going to be prudent on how much of our staff we can bring back based on our volumes um but still operating within the spirit of the ppp to make sure that that money gets forgiven i mean ultimately there's no money in it for us um which is a totally different conversation that I'm happy to have on this podcast if you like. But Brandon and I, the partnership structures that we structured were K-1. So if there's no money, we don't get paid anything. And then if there is money to be paid out, all the partners, including the people that put up cash, 
um, get paid out in direct proportion. And so what you found is relief for operators like us um, wasn't really ever considered at any of these funding mechanisms. So it's an interesting time. But listen, we're going to survive and we're going to take care of our people. We're going to pay our rent with that money. We're going to pay utilities. Um, and so we're going to maximize the amount into the forgiveness categories. And then I think we're going to be um, really hesitant to take on any other money. Okay, that makes sense. Well, let's have that conversation. Yeah, Tell here, me more here. about what's on your mind with that, with that, the relief for the owners. Well, I, you know, it's just a, it's a category. It's sort of like a tax category that we didn't we, – we raised the money. We knew that there was a tremendous amount of risk in restaurants. And so when we started these deals, we basically told the investors to put the money up, listen, we're not going to make a dollar unless – you guys make money because we understand the nature and the sale rate on restaurants, but we think we can do it. And we kind of put our money where our mouth is and we work really hard to do that. And so for years, it's been an amazing um, relationship with us and our investors and everyone's been happy. And, um, you know, I don't think anyone had a complaint, but we were obviously living on the cash flows of the restaurants. And so now in the dislocation, the cash flows just evaporated. And all the relief avenues that have been set in place never really comp- contemplated partnerships like ours where you are getting remunerated with K-1 income. So it just is what it is. I mean, um, uh, 10 years from now, I hope to laugh about this. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we all do, man. I mean, is it, now, let me ask you this. Uh, okay, so you get a K-1. Is that our... our a lot of restaurants structure that way or a lot of partnerships and, and, you know, and business ownerships are, are certainly structured that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, we, we do, we kind of get lumped into a category of, of wealth that, that we may not, um, you know, be, uh, invited to. <laughs> oh, I get, yeah, you know, I hear you. Sure. Um, and, and, uh, they kind of forget about that. And, and, and and you know that's that is what it is. I mean that's that's uh, that was our mechanism, and and um, you know no one certainly saw anything like this coming. Um, you know, barring some sort of wor- world war Armageddon, which is basically you know kind of what we're dealing with. Um, but uh, yeah, so we have to be you know, and and we have it. We just have to be really careful that we like you know like I said before that we do keep ourselves relevant we do keep ourselves in front of these curves which we have you know as far as the relief programs and and really set us up for great success on the other side um where we didn't have a lot of cash burn and and we you know and we did appropriate the money you know as needed um and not overzealously um and i think if we do that uh you know and and then at the same time you know, testing catches up and maybe therapeutics and, and one day a vaccine will, we'll see some kind of normality, but, but it, it's, 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 you know, it's into spring of 21, you know, I think until, you know, where we're all kumbaya again and, and, <laughs> and, and feeling great about it. Oh man. Well, you may be right. Uh, the, um, there's so much that's unknown. I, I find it fascinating I mean, we're 
we're in the same boat. I mean, very hard to plan when you just don't have a clue, really, about so many of the variables in play here. How do you, I mean, how about guys like things like, okay, now you got your, when the the doors are open again, when people can come back into public, whatever number that is, and whether they regulate how many you can have in there, you know, differently than they did or whatever, you got issues like, okay, well, we got to order more food now to get ready to open our doors. Uh, but then how much do we order and how far, I mean, do you have to order it way in advance because of supply chain issues and a sudden surge in demand? I mean, y'all must be thinking about this stuff all the time, trying to figure this out. Uh, we... Well, I think we, I, uh, okay, so this is an interesting question. Um, I think under the George Soros theory of fallibility, right, I think everyone operates on most of the decisions they make in their life with the understanding of, you know, one one millionth of the inputs they should probably understand to make a really great optimal decision. So uh, this particular time and just me personally, I think that as a management team and an ownership team, we were ahead of the curve and we planned, we tried to be like the three little piggies in the house made of bricks and we are for sure taken on fire, but we're definitely not in the straw house. Mm. So I, I think that we have afforded ourselves a little bit of latitude in being able to sustain some lower volume, maybe longer than some other models. And I think when you're talking about such an odd misunderstood pandemic on the disease side, I think that's the people making decisions right now because I actually don't know if there's really great data that tells you opening back up's a good idea uh, or, or closing it all was a good idea. I mean, obviously that was a good idea. Um, but, you know, I, I just think that being really underprepared for this as it relates to the, the government side, I think is a kind of a wake-up call. And I think for us too, we could have been better prepared. And so I think what you find is we're going to have to amend our process here like we're reopening up our restaurants for the very first time yeah. once we get open. And I think that the thought process is, we, you know, you don't know if any customers are going to show up. And you got to burn payroll to make sure that the service is appropriate and top-line um, hospitality that you delivered for whatever customer shows up, if it's one customer or five customers or a hundred customers and you got to build your business back one meal at a time and hope that turns into two. And so I think for our company, we've just taken a day one approach saying, listen, what we had, we got to forget about. Yep. And what we're going to get, we're going to have to earn again under whatever rule set that we're dealt, which obviously we have no idea what that is. And so, I think that's really the only way you can think about these things now, you know, is what are the new rules? Tell us the rules. Can we adjust our models to work within those rules? And the best and worst part about capitalism is if you can't adjust, you get crucified. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly 100%. right. That's it. Well, you know, you said to me one time, Sean, years ago, uh, we were talking about, you know, opening 
multiple locations or opening a new concept or something along those lines. And you said, you know, this is how we figure out if we're good or we're lucky. Um, and, uh, you know, now is, is, that is absolutely going to be the case for literally everybody, right? Because not that it was easy by any means. Running a restaurant is extraordinarily hard. And so if you've done it and done it well for as long as y'all have, you're clearly good. Uh, but I think there's a, there are operators out there that have been, you know, in some ways lucky for, you know, which is just a booming economy for so long now. I think we're going to figure out now who's – because you are. You're all, you're all starting over. Uh, you really are. It's yeah. uh, who's good and uh, who's able to, to adapt and, and who's able to look forward and not back. And, and um, those are the ones that are going to, going to make it and it may thrive. I mean, there'll be fewer restaurants, uh, which means there'll be fewer jobs, which means you'll have better people to hire from. Um, and you'll have consumers will have fewer options. So, you know, the ones that they love and support that have been there, that have branded themselves well, that have taken care of them for a long time, that they miss a lot now, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to go back in, in volume, hopefully, and maybe it's next spring, but they will because y'all know, I'm sure very well. I know I've, I've heard so many people talk about, you know, my friends and family talk about how much they, they really want their favorite, you know, independent restaurant to, to make it. They're buying takeout, they're buying gift cards they're doing whatever they can. Cause they're thinking about it now more than they ever did about who they do business with and who they patronize. And, uh, it is, it is a, a fascinating time for that. Uh, you guys are, you plan well, you've, you've built a good foundation. I mean, I'm, I'd put my money on you if I had any right now, but, um, Thanks, buddy. <laughs> you, you and us both. So Charlie Munger, who's my personal <laughs> idol, yes. loves to in, loves to invert. So if I could invert this on you and mm. say, with all your learnings and all the restaurateurs you're talking to all over, what best practices or commonalities have you extrapolated that would be good for us to know and everyone listening to this podcast? Ah, it's a great question. I love Munger too. Um, great question. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so Munger being at Bert for those listening that, I mean, Sean, Sean's, he's all dialed in. He's, he's mentioned Soros. He's mentioned Munger. I'll, I'll, you know, we can, we can throw in Nassim Taleb if we want to start getting into black swans and whether this is a black swan or not. But, uh, 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 Munger's, uh, partners with, um, Warren Buffett at Berkshire Hathaway folks. And he's, he is, he's a brilliant man and he has a lot of really simple heuristics and wisdom that he, has operated by for his life and he's you know he's in his 90s he's healthy he's sharp and he's really very loaded so probably a good person to pay attention to um okay so to answer your question first of all number one is start listening to all these episodes uh because there is a good i actually literally had somebody text me this morning another owner up in durham and uh he's he just started listening to these uh, the last day or two. And he said, I got to tell you, I've gotten one actionable, um, item out of each of these that I had not thought of that I'm now, you know, considering how to, how to deploy that. So I would definitely recommend listening to all these. Cause I, you know, I could rattle off a few things, but there's a lot of good nuggets that will, some people relate to and some won't, but I mean, even, um, but, but I think guys just to, to keep it sort of high level, I think that the people that have, frankly, that have uh, not overextended themselves, that have planned well, that have uh, run a run the business side of the business really well, like y'all have, have built the strong foundation, like y'all have, have not um, 
I mean, look, everybody's pissed about this and everybody, you know, the, the, this whole process is just crazy. And, you know, you got money you got to spend in two months and then you got employees that are making more on unemployment than they do. I mean, there's all this stuff. So we can we can talk about that. But what I'm trying to do with this is keep, you know, find silver linings, which is what you are doing, which is saying, hey, OK, we, if you have the mindset of we can't you can't change what we what's happened there's there's nothing we can do about it, it sucks but once you get past the denial and the anger and the fear or whatever you go okay well you know if you've got the positive entrepreneurial driven mentality that you all have and so many folks that have been on this podcast have you're going to figure it out um, because you've built your business the right way you've got a good foundation and you're going to you know take what tools the you know or what means that you may get through some of these these loan programs or whatever but just for what they are and then just say okay but you know we can't rely on anybody but ourselves and that's a common mentality and mindset that you've got to have i think for to get through this um and that's that's clear from y'all i'm also hearing that people are saying okay well we've got all this time right now that we didn't have. And now we're doing the things that we always said we'd do if we had time. Uh, you know, whether it's, you know, turning over every stone in our restaurants and every stone in our, our business model and seeing, okay, is that really necessary or how can we tweak that? They're, they're planning, uh, for day one, you know, as much as possible. And they are, uh, they're doing training, you know, and just keeping their management team trained and engaged. They're communicating through schedule fly. A lot of them, to keep their employees engaged uh, for mental health reasons, if nothing else, those are the things I'm I'm hearing. That was a really long answer. I apologize. I don't like yeah, to hog you know, the well, uh, mic on these things. Because and I and I was going to bring everything back to that is that Schedule Fly has been an incredible communication tool for us, for me and Sean to reach our every single one of our staff members, especially in the beginning of this. You know, no questions. There was, there was never, I can't remember a harder time in my life than when Sean and I had to meet with our management core mm. and, you know, and, and, and tell them the reality of what's to come. Um, and, uh, it was heartbreaking. I, there, there's no other, it was, it was completely heart heartbreaking. And, um, after that, you know, of course we, we, um, had to keep the communication lines open and, and, and like you said, make sure that the, the mental health was, was stable for everyone and that they had an avenue and that, that, that they didn't, they didn't have us only for, um, making sure that everybody gets the proper unemployment and the relief and the aid that they need, but, but for personal reasons. And, and if they need us to, if they need us to write a letter to their landlord, if they need us to, do whatever the case may be. It left those communication lines open. It was the easiest way to do it. And, and it was, I mean, it, it was heartfelt all the way through, um, to be able to have that messaging system. And, uh, and thanks for that, man. I mean, really, it, it was, it was a, 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 a very therapeutic way to address our staffs. This episode is sponsored by ScheduleFly. Now we're returned to our... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's why we don't do ads, man. You know, no, thank you. I appreciate that. We're, i got to tell you, um, I, I don't want to make it about us, but I will say just briefly that it is, it's been very... We're very thankful that we serve the people we serve. We always have been thankful to serve independent restaurants. Uh, and, and 
twice as much now just because the way y'all are taking care of your staff the way, and what we see i mean we see that people communicate through this and they're they're keeping people engaged they're they're trying to help them every single way they can and man that's awesome and look dude people people need that right now if you've lost your job you don't know if your restaurant i mean you hope it's going to reopen you don't know there's so many unknowns you're isolated in your apartment or your house so it god bless you need to be connected with the people that you spent you know blood sweat and tears with working in a restaurant for a long time so i'm i'm we are very thankful uh to be a you know intermediary there but sean did that answer your question that was a good inversion man did i did i answer the question or did i avoid the question with a bunch of words i think all that matters (laughs) is i feel exponentially better about myself now (laughs) good (laughs) man you should i'm grateful yeah well um Y'all should. I mean, look, restaurants treat their team like family. That's what I love about y'all. Independent restaurants. And you really are. It's the, it is more so than any other industry or any other business. It is a meritocratic industry. You show up with a good work ethic and you're a good team player and you're willing to just bust your butt. It, it you know, it doesn't matter where you went to school. It doesn't matter whether you're a, a man or a woman. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. Nobody cares. I mean, it's, it's like there's it, there's no other industry that's like that, I don't think. And so it's one of the things I love about it. It's like a level playing field. And if you, you know, because I admire the hustle, man. I love the hustle. And uh, y'all have got that yeah. in your industry for sure. So, um, and you too have it uh, individually and your, your team does. So, well, guys, uh, man, this was awesome. I can't wait to do this in person for real. Um, boy, this sure does make you re- realize right now that all the people you're like, man, I need to catch up with that person sometime and I need to have coffee or beer. Like you better believe you're going to be doing it when you can, you know? And if you need a recommendation, Leroy Fox, Cal Bell or Mortimer's are happy to host you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anytime, man, anytime. And, and, you know, in, in, in the words of great icons that we were talking about earlier, Mark Twain put it great a long time ago. It ain't what you don't know. That gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. Yes, there you go, man. I love it, dude. This was wow. We're getting getting literary, getting uh, big big level financial. I love it, love it, guys. Well, this way. Hey, by the way, you know, Sean. I don't. I mean, you y'all have read. Uh, have y'all read Black Swan and Taleb stuff? Yeah. Oh God, I read the day it came out. Yeah. It's on my wall. Well, you know, a couple things. I mean, look, I mean, as he says, this wasn't a black swan because he's been talking a long time about this as a pandemic. I think it was a black swan in the sense that uh, you you could predict a, a pandemic would come, but you, I don't know that you could necessarily predict that, you know, the government is going to come in and, like, just shut businesses down. I mean, it, the weird thing is right. we've talked forever. I've been like, man, you know what's so great about serving independent restaurants outside of all the things I articulated is it's a very fragmented industry. There, there, I remember Tyler and I, there's no event that could just break our business. Well, oops. <laughs> yeah. Yes, there is. Uh, and even though I'm a Taleb fan, I, I fell victim to that, you know, uh, the narrative fallacy. But um, the other thing that I love about Taleb is just the concept of anti-fragility and, you know, using things that sharp, acute, severe stressors are either going to break you or they're going to, you know, just you're going to endure it or you're going to get better. And I think that was the other thing I think to further answer your question, Sean, is 
I think most people that I'm hearing, I think that are going to get through this and get through this really well, ultimately long. I think that they know that while this sucks, they're going to find ways to make their business better and they're going to come out stronger, you know, maybe not three months from now, but three years from now. And like you said, 10 years from now, they'll be laughing at it. I, I, I hope to be laughing as well. You will, man. Yeah. You will. Yeah. You will. Yeah, we all you will. Know, the, the tragedy of this is if we, if we really don't learn anything from this and we, and Agreed. we don't install the proper preparations, you know, from, from the healthcare system throughout, um, and yeah, I don't, you know, no one saw this coming and, um, yeah, this is, this is the black swan of epic proportion for sure. Yeah. Well, um, hopefully we're getting to the other side of it soon, guys. I can't wait to see y'all. I appreciate the time of time, man. This was fun. I love doing this. So uh, thank you very much. And I know everybody listening would say the same. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks all, all our best to you and your family and, and your, and your, listeners and your customer base um we're all you know we're all in this together and and i I hope everybody fares well all right man go grab that little 17 month old daughter of yours and give her a big old hug and a kiss man good afternoon all right see y'all well thanks all right bye guys